Last Sunday, we had an incredible feast as we came to the table of our man of God, the table of the Lord, where he fed us from the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 2. We were able to get through the second part of that verse, which we had first begun the previous week. As we began to speak, we began to speak not only about Revelation chapter 2, but what it was to be called to the Lord. To understand what it meant, were we called to just be sent out? We understood that in being called by the Lord, we were called up the mountain to where he was and that our primary calling in life is to be with him. I remember in that message, our man of God said, the first criteria is to know how to go to where the Lord is. If you are here this morning, it is because you have found a place where the Lord is and you have come to meet with our Lord and Savior this morning. This past Wednesday, we had a beautiful time in the presence of the Lord. And as we came together once again, uh, you can go back and see it live. It's still available and will remain available for you. Our man of God began, began to speak to us about marriage and about, more importantly, about oneness. And as he spoke to us from Ezra chapter 3, he also brought into remembrance the Tower of Babel and how at the Tower of Babel they were one. And they were managed to build something that even technology was unable to build. The power of unity when we are complete, when we become one. And from that, he began to speak to us about the blueprint of our soul, the blueprint of our spirit. How Jesus, even though the disciples walked with him for three and a half years, it wasn't ministry time. It was still the blueprint where the Lord was working on their soul, where the Lord was working on their character, on their mind, on their thoughts. And it was only after Jesus died that he spent another 40 days teaching them. And at that point, it was at that point that they finally began to build the foundation. So it's an encouragement to us that even though it might seem like things are taking a long time to produce, rest assured, the Lord is working on you right now. And as you continue to develop your soul, your character, your emotions, your mental capacity, you are growing your soulish areas into the same dimension and level as your spiritual areas and bringing every part of you to be one with our Lord and Savior. People of God, we have the great honor and privilege once again to have been invited by our Lord to the table to feast once again on such incredible food. Would you help me honor and welcome our prophet and our man of God, Prophet Shaiju Matthew. Thank you. Man of God, once again, we want to thank you for the honor and privilege of being with you in studio. Great, thank God for the grace. <laughs> that every time we meet with you, we have the honor of eating such incredible delicacies. You serve us things that we have never tasted before. We have heard of these things, but never has it been served to us the way we receive it here when we come to hear the voice of God. We want to thank you for that. And I have a question for you. In a time when there are many distractions around people and they want to commit themselves 
to go deeper, to reserve themselves more for this word. How can they do it without creating offense in people around them? How, how do you mean by offense? What are you referring to? Let's say one has commitments that they have to attend to, but yet inside of them there is a, a groaning to be with the Lord, with the Word, digesting the voice of God. How do they bring themselves to the point where they are able to separate themselves from commitments? Are you sure you want to ask a question now? <laughs> Maybe it's not the right time. Uh... I believe that uh, it is necessary for us to create uh, priorities and we have to understand if there is a collision with how you are spending time with the Lord and your current environment. That is also because the priorities were not set right from the beginning. Hmm. So now you're going back to the original plan. What was, how it was supposed to be. And now the original plan is now colliding with the current plan, which was not the original plan. Uh, so definitely there is bound to have tensions. Mm. If you think you had uh, issues the last week, wait till you hear what God is speaking today, oh Lord. <laughs> then you will have to change everything around. Come on. So maybe that itself will answer your question. So, thank you again. Thank you. I want to take time to thank all our leaders that have been faithful even in this lockdown. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for your patience. I want you to know that you are much appreciated. I take you to the Lord in prayer, to all our volunteers, especially the media team that work day in and out with me mm. uh, without getting exhausted. The worship team, uh, all the teams, especially the team that you don't see, the cleaning team, the administrative, uh, it's all behind. So we want to appreciate those teams and may the Lord richly reward you. Uh, all the pastors, uh, both that are in Emmanuel and Revive Nations, mm. whichever country you're watching us from, we appreciate your passion and your heart for Jesus. I want to thank you for that.
love that you have in serving the body of Christ. Uh, it is my prayer that today's word will be ammunition, will be fuel, will be an acceleration that will help you go forward. Yes. So we are continue with the letters and we started with the letter to Ephesus mm-hmm. from the book of Revelation chapter 2. Yes. Let us continue today reading from that. Where did we leave off last time? Last time we managed to get through just the second part okay. of the verse of Revelation chapter 2 verse 2. We'll start with verse 3 today. Yes. All right. Revelations chapter 2, starting at verse 3. You can go up to verse 5. Thank you. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. We have been given a very serious responsibility in this season that we get to understand the heart and mind of God. Mm. When there is a written statement of an individual. It becomes a very powerful testimony. It is one thing for somebody to witness what somebody has spoken. Mm-hmm. The Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all are testaments of what somebody heard. And they're saying that this is what we saw. Yes. We are the witness and this is the records of a witness. But if you go to a court of law, there is something that is more authoritative than the words of a witness. It is a written document by the individual itself. Yes. So what we are understanding and reading and probing the anatomy Mm. of those written letters to the church. And the reason why we are going through these is because if one verse or one word is applicable to any one of us, we want to polish ourselves. Mm-hmm. We want to shine as gold. Yes. And we want to be that hammered gold that shine brightly like our master. Amen. So it is with that passion that we commit ourselves to this journey. That we are becoming more and more into the expectations of our Lord. So if a student can hear 
or read an expectation of a master that the master had for another student mm. now if that student is wise he does not have to be told to understand he understands without it being told to him because he is an intelligent student yes he is not just learning from what the master teaches him mm. he is learning from what the master has said or the expectations and the disappointments that the masters had with other students yes so such is a privilege that we are having these weeks that we get to learn from the strength and the weaknesses of other students prior to us mm-hmm. that we get to peek into their body the body of Christ we get to peek into their life we get to peek into their past and say lord protect me from following their path in where in which they disappointed you mm-hmm. yes and give me grace to imitate that which is good amen so if you are a student like me of the lord the series would be very important to you because understanding will save you time So we are in a series that is saving time. Wow. So the words of our Lord continues to the church in Ephesus. And he now begins to appreciate something. This is a very deep word. If you can take us line by line and I've got verse 3. This prophet it says in verse 3 I know you are enduring okay first observation from this verse mm. is that I know that you have endured King James says King James version says you have borne your capacity to bear he's saying I am seeing that I'm seeing that there were things that would have broken you there were things that would have caused you to walk away there were things that could have shaken your faith there were things that could have disappointed you and yet he's seeing that i have seen you endure through those things so as a child of god the enemy is constantly exposing you to things that disappoint your heart every day wow. wow and what the enemy wants to do is to break the body of christ what the enemy wants to do is to divide the body of christ mm. if anything he wants you to go further and not just withdraw from the body of christ itself he wants you to withdraw from christ himself oh Wow. So God is looking at them and he's saying I have seen that not only have you endured the body 
I've seen that you have endured for my namesake. Mm. God, you have endured. I know you are enduring mm-hmm. patiently mm-hmm. and bearing up for my namesake. So he's saying that the patience that you've had is for my namesake. Yeah. He's saying that you don't want to be that group that causes the name of the Lord to be put to shame among the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that I see how irrespective of how many trials the enemy has thrown at you, irrespective of how many times the enemy made you question the goodness of the Lord, irrespective of how many times the waves of this life crashed into your boat, he's saying, you have borne all things. You have endured all things. And you have been patient for my namesake, says the Lord. Not even for yourself. Not even because of what people will say, you say, but because you honored the name of the Lord. Yes. You say, I belong to the Lord. So you held fast, you held on, you have endured, you have been patient. And the Lord is appreciating that about us. Okay. And then he says the second thing. Go on. You have not grown weary, Mm -hmm. but I have this against you. So he is looking at a group that has been steadfast. Mm -hmm. He's looking at a group that has been holding on, not called it quits, not thrown in the towel, and then saying that you have not grown weary. Mm-hmm. Meaning, in, in King James Version, it says, you have not faint. Nobody controls when you faint. When you faint, you faint. Yes. Yet, he says, you've not grown weary. You have not fainted. In other words, there is a time when you allow the enemy to crash in and crash in and crash in and crash in and crash in. He breaks in, he pushes you, exhausts you, Mm. tires you to the point of breaking. To the point where finally you faint. Yes. So the Lord is saying, you've not allowed that fainting point. Come on. You have not allowed the enemy to take you to that breaking point. You have not allowed the enemy to take you to the tipping point. Mm. Many have not survived to that grace. Many have not had an opportunity to reach that kind of a grace. But he's saying, you, but you, yes, you have had disappointments. You've had things that discourage you. You have had things that made you question God's presence, God's goodness. Yet, you have not allowed those things to cause you to faint. Because there is a point where when you faint, then you are no more control of yourself. Mm. Now, people can carry you anywhere. Wow. People can 
take you anywhere. People can hijack your life. You're no more in control of your life. Mm-hmm. That is why the scripture talks about that man that brought his son to Jesus and said there is a moment when this demon comes over him he takes him and throws him into the fire throws him into the water that boy has no more control yeah. over himself so people of god i'm already teaching you something very strong this morning there is a point where the enemy throws things at you attacks you throws disappointments discouragements sickness demotions loss of job loss of finances he throws things at you constantly 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 what is he trying to do he is trying to break bring us to that breaking point where now your spirit gives up yeah wow now mm. your spirit faints mm. now you are no more in control of your spirit now the enemy can successfully hijack you now he can see that you have now given up on the lord given up on the body of christ given up on the things of god now you become a clean slate for the enemy to occupy i for the enemy to hijack your destiny so god is looking if you are mm. listening to this word this day i can assure you that it is because there is something in you that is still not given up on the things of the lord mm. you still hope against hope you still somewhere deep inside you remember that the lord your god that brought you out of your egypt is a faithful god okay although at that point you would think that all is well you would think that at that point we've got a clean marks and we can move on and that is when the lord says yet i have this against you i like it what it says in in the king james version uh, i have noticed that many times um other translations they doesn't seem to have the capacity to translate it in its full extent the way king james brings the hardcore language of english you see it saying nevertheless i have somewhat against thee <laughs> that thou hast left thy first love i like the word somewhat against in 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 the years we just says i have this against you right yes now when you when you say i have somewhat against the there's more context to it so i like that context because what you see a master is saying is that there is some part of me that is bothered by one thing mm. this is bothering 
So now we need to understand the context that this is the bridegroom talking to his bride. Yes. Okay. So that's the context. All the letters. The context is the bridegroom standing among the lampstands, and now this is when he they are, they see him face to face. This is his testimony about them. This is his mind about them. This is his expectations about them. So, if you can look at this verse from the context of a groom talking to his bride, you see everything becomes much clearer right now, mm. because he's saying that again. We have to compare versions, and I have to tell you why I like what I like. Um, because ESV says what you have. ESV says you have abandoned okay. the love you had at first. Okay, so ESV is saying that you abandoned the love you had first. Yes. But the kingdom's version says, "You have left your first love." Oh, that's very different. It's very different. You see, this is my my most frustration with oh. most translations. Now, if you even go to NLT is watered even further, so we don't even want to get there. You know, the Amplified version would say that you have deserted your first love. Mm. So there's a difference between saying that you have abandoned the love versus you're saying you have left your first love. Yes. Let me explain this to you, just just so we are all on the same page. What one version is saying that you have left the feeling you had. Hmm. What this version is saying that you have deserted an individual. That's not the same thing. It's not the all. same thing. This is this is not. Uh, so so we have to we have to take that which is the most. Danger of what we can end up with. Yes, because if if both have to be considered, it is better for us to take that which is the most comprehensive, because you can you can have one and not the other. Mm -hmm. Yes, so you can have you can abandon the love and. And still have that individual. Yeah. Here, what the Lord is saying is, is more greater grievance. Mm. It is a greater uh, complaint, if I can use that word. Where he's saying this, 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 what is charged against them is greater than just saying that you just don't have certain feelings anymore. Wow. Yeah. So that is a painful accusation. Yet he is talking to the bride. Yet they are are legally married. Oh. And yet 
he's telling them you have deserted the first love so then you have to wonder how does that work meaning you are you are still married but you are not married anymore to your first love you are married to your husband but not to your first lover so at some point in their relationship they moved away from being married to their first love mm. to being married to just a husband mm. wow wow people of god i want you to remember this day this word very importantly in your heart because i believe we are learning something that we will have to stand accountable for when we meet the lord and what i'm teaching you today is probably the most dangerous sin that believers can do while not even realizing that is that it is a sin so it is very critical that we we thoroughly understand this word yes please let me yes. take my time allow me to take my time man of god this is terrifying yes if last week was this week god is going deeper so we have to understand the difference we have to say god if you don't understand the difference we end up doing what we didn't even realize we are doing because nobody i can tell you this when they are getting married nobody decides that they want to get a divorce true yes unless there are some scam and they want to get an immigration visa you know but anybody genuinely getting married nobody decides that i'm getting married and i shall be divorced in 45 days hmm. no everybody gets married with the right intention but then down the line there is a certain transition that takes place that even misses their eyes hmm. and everything deteriorates from that place yeah so so when god says i appreciate that i appreciate this you've done this you well you've done that well i see the way you have examined i see the way you, you guys have a hundred out of 100 and all that yet ouch yet i have something that that is hurting me that i somewhat against you that is still bothering me that i have to get it out of my heart and pen it in a letter through mm. my son and send it with your name on that envelope because i want you to know why does god want us to know don't don't you dare be distracted don't you dare leave this video because the lord is saying i want you to know i want you to know if this is this information i want my children to know that is why i'm getting my son to write it and put your name on it and i'm sending it to you it is not something that i want to put it under the carpet 
I want my people to understand it. I want you to understand my pain. To understand the pain of the Lord is to enter into the zone of being a friend with the Lord. Wow. Okay. So I hope I have your full attention this morning. So you're looking at that moment where the Lord is speaking to him and saying that they have abandoned they have deserted mm. what does that mean so we have to now start probing to the mind of god and say god what does it mean to you yes what does first love mean to your heart so we we have to study and say how does first love look like one of the first things that you will see about first love is the innocence in it mm yes <laughs> when you're looking at two young lovers yes that has never loved anybody else and this is their first time falling in love with somebody mm both of them there is something about their love that is very pure yes and very innocent nothing about them is adulterated nothing about them is corrupted mm-hmm. their soul has no corrupted memories through which they will judge the other individual Now you can see why I keep telling you Wednesdays and Sundays are two parallel tracks on which a train is going on because we've been talking about the soul and the spirit on Wednesdays mm. I hope you are tuned into it so you see the same thing that God is pushing deeper this morning because what happens in a marriage mm. over time you lose that innocence of love mm. because you come together and you start having expectations you start seeing things in the marriage mm-hmm. you as you grow up you start being adulterated by the environment around you yes you start getting distracted mm-hmm. you there's so much elements that are introduced to one soul that can lead to their spirit being corrupted. Mm. Okay? So what happens is it over time you start losing the innocence of that love. That purity of that love. So you see that when a child of God comes to the Lord. When they come to the Lord you can see their heart they come because they know who the lord is but over time that innocence in that love is adulterated no more by who they are but by what they do to you yes when you first are in love with them you don't care about what they do yeah it's true you don't don't care about the gifts Mm-mm. you don't care about whether it's birthday or not birthday every day is a celebration yes 
there is something about that but over time expectation starts creeping in mm-hmm. so now we are looking saying where is my flower <laughs> now we are looking and saying how did she help me mm-hmm. what did he do to me so now you go away from the focus of loving them for who they are to loving them for what they do to you wow. that is the corruption of first love please church hear me well what i'm speaking to you is helping people on at least three levels i am going to tell you what those levels are because it's we'll we'll go tangent in the information but it is it is doing things to you in different levels right now mm. god is looking at them and saying there was a time just like in a marriage just like in two relationships when you when you have that first love you appreciate the individual for who they are mm. more than what they do that is real love yeah. real love but when you begin to have certain expectations into your marriage into your relationship you begin to corrupt that relationship mm. now when we came to the lord there was that moment where we were so grateful for that the fact that he died for us yes that he is forgiving our sins mm. oh how much he loves us yes. yes he loved us as a sinner and then we we begin to start this journey with so much gratitude you can see that in the way new believers come to church and worship the lord yeah. they are the ones clapping the loudest they are the ones that are more they are half an hour early than everybody else oh they are the ones who after everybody leaves they're still hanging around yeah. yeah there is a certain level of gratitude in the spirits but then over time there is the enemy that is constantly sowing weeds in the relationship mm. when now you come to the lord now you're looking at his hands when you came to the lord before you were looking at his face yes now you come your attention is now towards his hands now is it wrong to expect from the lord absolutely mm. not because god himself says follow me and i will bless you he told abram i'll make your name great so it wasn't that our god is a god who is expecting you to follow un- unconditionally whether i bless you or not no no mm-hmm. god is clear he's saying there are advantages of you following mm-hmm. okay but in this case what has happened to them is that now they are no more following him for who he is now they begin to follow him just for what they can get out of that relationship mm. hey now it is clear when somebody gets married there is that aspect of security that comes that is why you don't hear many stories of people going and getting married to somebody on the street who is living on the streets they are looking for somebody that can bring security mm-hmm. they are looking as much as i love you for who you are i'm also there is an advantage of marrying you 
yeah that you are not going to abuse me and treat me bad and throw me on the streets yeah. that is that expectation mm-hmm. and that expectation in itself is not wrong okay but here what has become is that their marriage has deteriorated from a place of being now that's where the words about matters mm. they are enduring well okay yes. they are steadfast they have not allowed disappointments to take them away from the marriage mm-hmm. they have not grown weary in the marriage they have stayed in the same roof they have not run away with somebody else all of that god says you've done well mm-hmm. but that's not enough yo oh. you are still in the church you still giving your tithes mm. you're still worshiping the lord you're still clapping hands but the lord is saying but is that enough is that all that i expect from my bride so what god is saying is that i'm not just interested in them being with me mm-hmm. i want their heart to be with me yeah from the beginning from the beginning the way it was in the beginning mm. the innocence where they are no more corrupted and disappointed and discouraged about what they don't have anymore mm-hmm. yet if they can love me for who i am when you begin to love the lord for who you are your soul becomes whole so that now your spirit soul and body can serve the lord in the same capacity okay that's for another day now the second thing that you can see in a marriage is passion mm-hmm. passion when you are in first love you will see that there is a excitement to do things yes you see that that the the wife even though the husband is late she is waiting up late in the night mm-hmm. without eating the food because she's waiting for her husband to come so that she might have the joy of eating together so you see that that the first love is driven by passion mm-hmm. when you start losing that first love now your love is driven by convenience oh so before you you did something because your heart was you're driven to serve the lord you're driven to work for his ministry oh. you're driven you would you yeah. would go the extra mile mm-hmm. even if it if if you were exhausted you yeah. were passionate about mm-hmm. loving him but now when things begin to shift that first love when that leaves you now you don't serve the lord because you want to you serve the lord because you can you don't serve the lord anymore because you need to you begin to serve the lord because it is feasible mm. that it is now out of a convenience that we pursue him not because of passion the church today i can tell you we have lost that first love because of the way we pursue the lord is no more in the way we used to pursue the lord oh, yes 
that is why you see every time we come together subconsciously we keep looking at our time mm. subconsciously because no more are we pursuing the lord yeah with our fullness of our heart mm. we are pursuing the lord out of convenience now and our convenience say at this point my my watch my clock yeah my time would tell me it's time up now i have to pay attention to many other things mm. now i have a family now i have my cousins waiting mm. now i have a birthday party that i've committed to but the lord is saying that i miss your first love when i was your only attention sure the lord is telling somebody i miss your first love where i was all that you cared about mm-hmm. i miss that moment now if i can respond to your question that you asked earlier yes you can enjoy first love mm-hmm. and yet be a responsible man in fact you cannot be somebody who has a first love and ignore the responsibilities because soon your house is going to stink yes you can't say i'm so much in love with my wife i got to just tear into her eyes and sit while the garbage is lying around yes where the kitchen is on fire when the house is falling apart and you say i'm in first love I just so when you're talking about first love it it does not negate that you have other duties mm. but even while you're doing those other duties your heart is somewhere mm. Mm. you're still working in the kitchen but your heart is thinking about the one that your soul loves mm. you see that is why in the song of solomon is he talks about the lover of your soul not your spirit the lover of your soul. your soul the soul that has the mind the emotions the feelings the soul that has the will power the soul that is the consciousness yes it is the lover of your soul where my soul is still in love with my soul is connected to him so i am i can be doing many other things it talks about Enoch walking with God and yet he had time to have Methuselah mm-hmm. so first love does not mean that you are sitting in a room shut doors yesterday i had a opportunity to talk to a group in mumbai mm-hmm. and uh, i taught them that that when the lord called them to himself and anyone that god calls to himself he has to send them out peter didn't know that that is why when he encountered the transfiguration he said let's build two tents and let's just sit here god cannot have somebody that will say hey i'm going to walk with the lord i'm going to receive that amount of exposure and then i'm going to ignore all the responsibilities that mm-hmm. i have oh god says if i'm going to keep you to me it is so i can send you out that you can serve me wow that you can be a blessing in the kingdom mm-hmm. 
So if you're so holy that you are constantly seeking hallelujah and everything is falling apart, maybe your understanding of first love is messed up. Yes. So you're looking at passion, mm-hmm. not convenience. Passion, not convenience. Mm-hmm. The third thing about first love is long suffering. When somebody is in that innocent stage of love, the pure state of love. Yes. <laughs> the honeymoon stage of love. Yes. That is the stage where the Bible talks about love covers the multitude of sins. Mm. Yes. Yeah. when your husband does something and he's like oh i'm so sorry i did that mm. and the wife is saying why are you even saying sorry it doesn't even matter i don't even understand why you're saying sorry but let that first love deplete mhm ayyo you come to a place where if that sorry was not uttered mhm then we are not in talking terms you come to a place where you don't have that understanding anymore mm-hmm. so you see many believers they come to a place where the moment something bad happens mm-hmm. they are no more patient with the lord wow. understanding with the lord long suffering as the lord is to you they are no more in long suffering the first sickness comes the first fever that hits home they are no more passionate about the lord as they used to be before they would rush to serve the lord mm-hmm. before they loved being in the house of god now they'll come sulking yeah. yeah now they are no more passionate because in their heart they they even though in their mouth they have not said anything their heart has collapsed in their heart they don't have the long suffering mm mm-hmm. So now they don't clap like before. They don't praise the Lord like before. They don't sing songs of his wonderfulness like before. Their passion becomes cold all because they felt that God was not justified in allowing whatever he allowed. And they allow their heart to grow cold. yet married mm. <laughs> yet in the church yet they clapping hands yeah yeah they doing offering as well but god is saying that's not what i'm interested in i want the first love where he though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death you fear no evil mm. you came and wrote songs to me with tears down your face you said i will bless the lord oh my soul i shall not charge the lord with any wrong doings because my god is good even when life is painful my lord he is good i can never doubt his goodness to me I can never doubt his love to me. I can never 
doubt his presence in my life but yet that is what the enemy does he tarnishes your soul makes you doubt in the excellence of your god makes you doubt in the presence of god in your life makes you doubt in the kindness of god towards you right now as these words are coming we are exposing what the enemy has done into your soul i want you to look into your heart look into your consciousness look into your subconscious and you can feel sometimes you have not articulated it with words sometimes you have been religious enough not to think it out loud but remember this even if you don't think it he's the god who sees your continence that is why god looked at cain and he's saying why is your countenance fallen he didn't say why are you thinking wrong he didn't say why are you speaking wrong he saw that there was no more joy of coming to the presence because you see when a child comes to the presence there is joy that is bubbling yes and god looks hey 20 minutes of worshiping the way you're worshiping god says you're not happy are you you're not said anything bad against god but the countenance has fallen mm-hmm. the lord is speaking to somebody why has your countenance fallen am i not a faithful god am i not the same yesterday today and forever so why has your first love leaked as you hear this word i want you to talk to the lord say god i'm growing with this word i'm going to be a matured christian and when god looks down there will be somebody that he can see that does not just seek him but they seek him out of understanding that is the kind of bride god is looking for the fourth thing about first love mm-hmm. <laughs> is the attention to details that you give when you have that first love yes yeah. <laughs> i'm laughing because this is also helping some married people definitely <laughs> and this is also helping your spiritual work so mm. it's working on many layers as i said this morning or this evening or whatever time you're watching from so you're looking at when you are fresh innocent passionate mm-hmm. in love you pay attention to details details matter to you details matter to you oh when i first saw her 
she was wearing this dress oh you are wearing up a shirt this color why oh you are wearing a brown shoe mm. how does that matter <laughs> how does it matter because that is a sign of first love because when that first love is missing mm-hmm. you will begin to see forgetfulness sets in yes there was a time there was no way that you could have missed the service now the service is passed and and now you're saying oh i forgot that today was wednesday mm-hmm. how do you forget there was a time when you were prepared for his birthday one year ago now familiarity has set in and you're rushing on the day of the birthday because familiarity has gotten into that marriage mm-hmm. things of god what makes you different what makes you unique what makes your love for the lord unique is by the attention to the details that you give mm-hmm. you know where the master will sit yeah yeah so you go ahead and you position yourself on the right side of him so you can lean on his shoulder that is the beloved of jesus attention to detail mm-hmm. you take time to see this is going to happen so ahead of time i'm preparing my offering unto the lord attention to detail attention to detail is you don't wait for the master to open his mouth and say i wish you could praise me you are already ready to praise knowing yeah. that this is coming. yes you already sanctify yourself because you know a mantle is coming mm-hmm. you already sac- getting ready to sacrifice the best worship to the lord mm-hmm. because attention to detail what makes a child of god special from everybody else in the house is that attention i don't know if you want to just be one among all the other believers because i know one thing about the lord jesus he asked peter do you love me it would have been okay if he just stopped yeah. with that but he said do you love me more than these disciples he pointed to them do you love me more than these God is not just looking for our love. He's looking for a love that beats the attention to details more than anybody else in the room. God saw that this woman, she broke her alabaster jar. Attention to detail caused her to break that jar. And she had not seen anybody else do that. she wasn't doing it because she saw somebody doing it that was in her revelation that means she had to meditate about it that means she had to meditate who is this man that is standing before me she had to meditate what has he given to me she had to meditate what am i giving to him and she had to 
ponder what I give to him. Is it worth what he has given to me? Is it this equal measurement? Attention to detail. The Lord Jesus was so blown away by her that he said, wherever they talk about me, you will be talked about. He's saying that I'm making my my name, we're making your story synonymous with my story. Because of first love. Attention Mm. to detail. So what happens to this woman? She starts following the Lord Jesus for an X amount of time. She's with him for a few years now. What happens to her spirit? She is now the oldest member of the ministry. What happens to her attention of detail? Slowly, you will see her saying, Ah, 1997 when I came, my offering was the biggest offering they ever collected. Oh, when the ministry started, I served the ministry more than anybody else. Everything that they talk about Mm. will be in past tense. Mm. Oh, I was the reason that this heart, the church was built. It's the past. When the Lord is looking and saying, what about now? That is where you're saying you have deserted the first love. Because you have gone from that place where that attention to that first love was so intricate, so detailed, so meticulous, so profound and prolific. And now the Lord is looking at it and saying, I don't see any of that now. I miss that first you that paid attention to small things that others would miss. That is what will set you apart. Students of the Lord, listen to me well. Today, I want you to find out what can I do that my members are not doing? Mm -hmm. What can I do that my brothers and sisters are not doing to the Lord? What can I do that nobody else in the room that is feasting with Jesus is doing? What can I do that is unique different that will remind the Lord about the first love. What can I do today's service that is different from my peer groups? Young people listening to me, what can you do that is different from the other young people in your church? Because Satan is constantly trying to make you like everybody, but you are not like everybody. You are set apart for the Lord. You are consecrated and you, you are. Ah, brocoli, You are different from everybody else. <laughs> you are the first love of the Lord. Will you keep Him as the first love? Can I give you one more? Please. First love. Is also driven by the desire for truth. Mm. 
if you genuinely are in first love yes. with your spouse you don't want them to be sad yeah in fact the spouse will insist are you okay yeah are you sure you're okay what are they looking for they're looking for the truth the truth why is your countenance fallen mm-hmm. have i done something that has hurt you i want to know I want to know the genuineness of your joy. Are you really satisfied? Mm-hmm. Are you pretending to be happy? I want to know the truth of our relationship. Yeah. I want to know is am I making you happy? Are you happy in this relationship? I want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. The more we are in the Lord and the more we become familiar, we notice that the truth hurts a young wife is so keen on pleasing her husband husband tell me was my cooking okay and you strive to cook better next week and you buy new cookbooks you're going out of the way to live in that truth Now after a few years the same husband tells you the same truth about your cooking now the truth doesn't excite you anymore that truth is no more encouraging you in fact the truth is now discouraging you in fact the truth is now making you hate the man that you used to love you the same truth that you celebrated at one point the same truth that you begged for please tell me please correct yeah please now the same truth when it comes to you you are dis- depressed yeah you are disgraced mm. you are thinking about walking away what happened to your first love because somewhere down the line the first love has faded so truth is no more pleasing to the ears so they would prefer walking away than knowing the truth of how they have lost their first love mm. oh. that is why you see apostle paul talking in galatians 4 i think it is 18 you will see him say what has happened to this blessedness i can tell you on record that you would have gouged out your eyes and given to me if it was possible yet have i now become your enemy because i tell you the truth and god i have it here in galatians chapter 4 verse 15 yeah what what then has become of your blessedness hmm. for i testify to you that if possible you would have gouged out your eyes hmm. and given them to me hmm. have i then become your enemy have by I telling you then the truth? become your enemy by telling the truth meaning he's saying the way you used to love me before hmm. was if possible you would have plucked your eyes Yeah. 
That's very scary. That's the way they love them. And now he's saying that, but when truth has come to you, now I've become your enemy. Now you'll pluck my eyes out. Oh, yeah. Truth can make people hate you because now you're teaching them that is exposing their brokenness, their mess. And if they don't want to change, they would prefer plucking your eyes out. Mm. They would prefer stoning you for exposing the truth. Wow. Such is the dangerous job that leaders have. As a leader, if you are going to expose the truth to somebody that don't want to hear it, are not desperate enough to hear it, do not really mean to know, then you are signing your own arrest warrant. Mm. Yeah. You should expect stones to follow. It's easier to throw stones when you know that there is a word that cuts your spirit. And when you say, hi, I'd rather fight it now because I don't no more enjoy the truth. That is why he's saying, what has happened to your blessedness? What has happened to your first love? First love in the kingdom. He's saying that I don't understand. I like the word it says. It says, what has happened to your blessedness? Your blessedness. Yeah. In other words, your first love is your blessing. The way you show love, that innocent love, that passionate love, the love with long suffering to the Lord, the attention to the details that you're, the, the way you went out of the way to do things, the way you, you, you sacrificially served the Lord, the, the way you loved knowing the truth, all that, he's paraphrasing it, he's saying that, what has happened to your blessedness? Of course, he goes on to talk about himself, the way they used to treat to him, because they are not really treating him, they're treating the Lord that sends him. Yeah. So they, it is, he understands that. So first love is drawn to a truth. And the enemy is always waiting to corrupt them. You will see that in, in the book of Genesis. Chapter 3, please. Go to verse 8 onwards. Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God Hmm. walking in the garden in the cool of the day. First love. First love. Yes. They were used to the voice of the Lord that would walk in the cool of the day. First love is that that was fellowship. They enjoyed the fellowship with the Lord. First love pursued that relationship with the Lord. Okay, and then and the man and his wife hid themselves. First love, if it makes you run to the Lord, when you lose the first love, now everything in you wants to hide. You want to hide behind a bush, 
want to hide behind a tree you want to hide behind a chair you want to hide in a corner you want to do everything to withdraw yourself mm. you're saying this is a test first love requires me to come closer not withdraw backward first love sacrificially runs forward but when you start losing that you start hiding yeah okay and then they hid themselves from the presence of the lord god among the trees of the garden how can you hide from the presence of the lord when david says that even if i go to the hell yeah. you are there mm. the presence of god yet the scripture says that they hid from the presence of god so to understand that you have to read the verse before that so let's start with verse 8 again and they heard the sound mm. of the lord god mm. walking in the garden in they the heard the sound of their lord god walking they heard a sound walking yeah a sound that walks a sound that walks words that walk to you so when they say that they were hiding from the presence that means they were hiding from a walking word mm. that was walking towards them my goodness Ooh. that is why sometimes we lose interest for the word of god first love loves hearing the word of god yes when our love diminishes you can notice notice that you can see the difference by the way you're passionate about the word of god for mm-hmm. that week yeah it's a reflection of where your spirit is that week immediately you have to correct it immediately you have to say whoa 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 i don't have the same passion to hear the word of god i must correct it they walking away from the voice that was walking towards them okay go on but the lord god called hmm. to the man hmm. and said to him hmm. where are you hmm. and he said i heard the sound of you in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked hmm. and i hid myself okay he said who told you that you were naked who told you you are naked so there's so much in this in the scripture but we just i want to just focus on this one line okay this is a very beautiful study but we'll keep that for another time they are naked mm-hmm. yet what is the lord saying he's not saying how did you see that you were naked is saying who told you that you were naked who told you ah herabroko sabrakadia are you with me i hope you are you are you are paying attention this this journey is so critical so the words of god is coming to him mm-hmm. he's hiding from the sound the voice 
And then he, the Lord is saying, who told you? So how does one see their nakedness without someone telling them about their nakedness? Ayyo. This is God speaking to them and saying, who told you that you were naked? Not how did you find out that you were naked? How did you see that you're naked? God is saying, the only way this information could have come to you is because a voice that was not supposed to be heard was dropped into your spirit that has now caused you to run away from your first love. My goodness. We're talking about first love, right? My goodness, yes. The first love was in the garden. That is why we have to consider what happened in Genesis. So, we started with the fifth point, the desire for truth. That is where you see here, all of a sudden, now when the lie was in their spirit, they hated the truth. Now the truth was making them hide. Wow. Wow. Now the truth was making them saying, it's okay, I, I don't want to leave stay and fix my mess. I don't I don't have the humility to lay myself down and let the Lord work. I would mm. prefer running than going and exposing myself and humbling myself and receiving grace, mercy mm -hmm. yeah. and favor. Instead I would prefer withdrawing myself. It's the lack of first love. There's something about the first love that had caused them to run after the Lord. Mm. But when that lie of the enemy entered them, they began discouraged to have fellowship. Yeah. So if the enemy wants to remove you from fellowship, mm -hmm. all he needs to do is plant a lie in your spirit Eish. that will cause you to be discouraged to fellowship with the wow. body. Wow. Lie. You see that we are still at the subject of first love. Yes. When you see first love in the New Testament, you see fellowship. That is Acts chapter 2, verse 42 onwards. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Mm. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Okay. So, when they were driven by truth, mm. when truth came into the spirit, the joy of the spirit came into them. When the Holy Spirit fell upon them, when they were, their foundations were laid, yeah. when the spirit began to oh, lead them in all truths. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yes. Because Jesus said, now you are not ready for it. I cannot, you cannot bear it all. Mm -hmm. But when the spirit comes, he will lead you in all truth. Mm -hmm. So first love is being driven by those truths and the truth caused them to fellowship with God in the garden and the truth is causing them in the New Testament doing the same yeah and what is he saying they came together go on. It says they devoted themselves devotion mm -hmm. devotion devotion now we're back to your question again devotion yes. devoted yeah. taking all the time and saying this is this is who I am Mm -hmm. In our culture today, who people really are, are workers. 
their primary identity is that oh i work in this location hmm. oh i have studied so much their primary identity is not that they gathered every day if you ask those people there they would their primary identity was that they were christians ah these wow. are the jesus disciples <laughs> their primary identity yeah. was no more these are the fishermen yeah their primary identity was now that they were the followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Will that be said about our church today? Will that be said about our generation today? Will people in your in your culture look at you and say, "Ah, he oh he she is the uh, designer or he is the architect or he is the engineer or he is uh the one who's working in this company oh this guy you don't know this guy this this guy is this 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 company this is where he works this is oh he's the one who you know did this this is his family name but how many times do they look at you and say this one this guy is a jesus freak yeah this guy are these guys are the jesus lovers yes. this one when does our devotion become our identity wow That's amazing. And yet they're saying they devoted themselves to what? To the apostles teaching, to the apostles teaching. They devoted their their they said, "Hey, we want the words." So, back to first love in the garden. They ran to the voice. Yeah. Back to first love in the New Testament. They ran to the voice. Ran to the voice. Their teachings. their instructions their commands their advices ha mm-hmm. please i hope you're getting this we must change something inside out yeah okay i don't know if we should really because of time let's skip to as uh, 40 40 45 please x chapter 2 starting at verse 45 and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved you see their whole priority became the church yes they began to run after the lord in a way that they understood first love and the church was connected mm-hmm. today there is a plan of the enemy to make you hate the church sure over and over during covid i would hear people say ah god is now teaching people that you don't need church that is a deception mm-hmm. when they enjoyed the first love they came together and if god scattered them it was not because they got hated church because god is the founder of church yeah. he wanted them to go to different parts and build the same everywhere and we thank god that today we have the technology that through this video we are able to reach them yes through this video we are able to going to the nations and God is looking at us say we want you to fall in love with the word 
Last week we talked about what the word and prayer does mm-hmm. to our spirit. Yeah. It consecrates us. Yeah. That is why first love requires for you to fall in love with silencing your spirit to hear the word. Increasing your spiritual capacity mm-hmm. to hear the word. Increasing your attention span to get this word into your spirit. Yeah. Some people cannot get more than 2-3 informations in a day and they are already full. Increase your capacity. Yeah. This word inside us is what purifies us to see him face to face. God is looking and saying, this one thing that I have against you. And he says, repent of that. Because otherwise I'll have to remove your lampstand. See, when I got, there are so many theologies that circle around where you say, you know, once saved, you're forever saved. Mm. Yeah. How do they explain this verse? Where the Lord is not afraid to directly tell them yeah. that if you don't repent, if you don't restore yourself to first love, the passion for the Lord, the zeal for the house of God, he said, if you don't, if you don't, if I don't see you working on this lamp, cleaning your wick, bringing that oil, burning bright as the Lord desires. Mm-hmm. He's saying that, oh, I'll have to remove you from the lampstand. So that means that there are seven lampstands. Yes. There will only be six. And God is saying, it's okay with that. I prefer having six that still have the first love than to have a number and not to have a bride that really loves me. Wow. Now you love him as a husband. You're faithful to him as a husband. But God wants you to be faithful to him as a first lover. You love him and you and you are still in the house of God. You haven't fled. But God is saying, I need something more from you. Yeah. I want you to love me the way you used to love me before. Yeah. I want you to run after me the way you used to run after me before. I want you to pray like the way you used to pray before. The way you used to say no to people, no to things, mm-hmm. no to those parties. And the, the way it was easy for yeah. you to take a stand for my name. Yeah. He said, I want that. I'm desiring that. People of God. This is the midnight hour. Master Jesus is now looking for that five intelligent virgins. Will you be among that five? I will say, I will not miss this opportunity. I submit, Lord. If that is you, I want you to now begin to pray in the spirit as loud as you can. Activate your spirit. Raise your voice and begin to cry out, Father, 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 we repent of the lack of first love in our spirit. We repent that we are part of noise. We repent that we are part of slander, gossip, we repent that we are more interested in the world than we are interested in the things of God. We repent that 
we have wasted time. We repent. Oh Lord, we repent. Oh Lord, we repent that we don't love you the way we used to love you before. Our passions have conditions. We have adulterated our first love, the purity, the innocence. We have walked away from that long suffering. We have allowed the voice of the enemy to adulterate us. We have allowed the voice of the enemy to take us away from your presence. Lord, we surrender. Restore our first love. Restore our first love. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Somebody cry out this morning. Ignore your neighbor. Ignore who is in the same room as you. I want you to open your mouth and say, Lord Jesus, restore my first love. Not because I'm afraid that you will remove me from the lampstands, although I must be fearful about that great judge. Yet, restore me because that is truly my desire. Restore me because that is truly my heart. That as days pass by, and when many lose faith, according to the words of Lord Jesus, as days pass by, as sin increases around us, as days pass by, and the world enters the church more and more, may you and I be found among the few people that will pay attention to the details. Attention to the details. I will put a smile on the heart of God. Oh, the glory of His presence. We, your temple, we give you reverence. So arise to your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace.